Look, they're giving you a standing ovation. They sat down. Short. Is that, is that good? I'm much more comfortable talking to junior hires about math, but I won't talk to you about math, don't worry. <laughs> uh, okay, my name is Christine, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ in recovery for codependency. All right, so forgiving and making amends has been a process throughout my life, um, but it actually became real and active when I uh, started recovery. So prior to recovery, I would say sorry, and think I was forgiving people, but often what I was really doing was stuffing my feelings and just acting okay so that the people in my life would be happy and that they would like me. This is codependency. <laughs> I remember times as a child when I would say sorry for no reason other than to change the people around me. I may not have even done anything or been involved in the hurt, but if people around me seemed sad, mad, or just out of sorts, I would ask what was wrong I would say sorry, and then I would look for ways to make them okay. I needed those around me not to be upset because it made me uncomfortable. To those around me, I probably seemed caring and I was often called a peacemaker. But as I have learned, it was actually manipulation and selfishness that were my motives. It made me an insecure child that was unsure of those around me and, if I, and whether or not it was okay for me to just be me. I was always basing my feelings on those around me and not on myself. Also, needing others to feel good is not fair to them. It doesn't allow them to feel their feelings, and I'm sure if you ask my husband and my kids, it's probably annoying to have someone always asking, are you okay? Is there anything wrong? Did I do something? <laughs> so, especially as they're walking out the door in the morning. So, uh, being needy like this, uh, makes me very unbalanced in my relationship with others and um, because I'm always needing something from them and they should not have to always be there for me. They can't give me what I need. So it robbed me of a lot of serenity and kept me anxious. Being in recovery and having the opportunity to work through the steps and be in multiple step studies has helped me understand that true forgiveness needs to be from the right motivation. I need to think it through, process my emotions, work my fourth step, and be ready to offer true forgiveness that doesn't look for anything in return. There have definitely been some hurts that have seemed too difficult and too deep to forgive, and that is when I have really had to work my recovery. In the past, and even in the beginning of my recovery, I didn't realize this, but as I have continued to come to celebrate recovery, I've been able to examine these hurtful events and feelings. And when I look at them and why I am hurting and not wanting to forgive, it is usually because I am fearful. Often I worry that if I forgive someone, it's gonna give them license to repeat the offense. This is why I do not base my forgiveness on my feelings, especially fear. God has asked me to forgive because he knows it is best for me. When I am fearful, it often means I am not trusting God and his plan, or I am just unhappy with his plan and think I could do better. Most of my problems go back to my wanting to be God. So if I am struggling with forgiveness or struggling to take responsibility for my part, I have learned that I always go back to the first three steps. 
I need to admit I am powerless. I need to realize that there is an all-powerful God and I am not him. And then I need to surrender my will, sometimes multiple times through the day. Forgiveness cannot be a manipulation tool to help me feel better or to keep other people from not doing things I don't like. Forgiveness is not based on my feelings or looking for an assurance that I won't get hurt again. I am learning that forgiveness is a choice to surrender my will to God's, to love people and want God's best for them, and forgiveness keeps me in a right relationship with God, which is always a good thing. As with most things in my life, this lesson has not been an aha moment or a flip of the switch, but instead is it is a slow and steady process of letting God work, surrendering to him, and learning to trust him more and more. I have learned that the more I forgive and the more often that I make amends for my part, the better my relationships are with others and the more serenity I feel inside. So I continue to work through the fourth step and I continue to go back to the first three steps so that I can find forgiveness not only for myself but with others and I can have healthy relationships. Thank you for letting me share. My name is Audrey, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ and recovery for sexual abuse and emotional abuse and codependency. Forgiveness is not a one-time decision. It is not mere words or even a mindset. Forgiveness is a matter of the heart, and this is something that I struggled for years. In my childhood, I knew something bad had happened between my oldest brother and I, but I was left with only my imagination to wonder what had happened. Only anxiety and hypervigilance grew from this unknown. In junior high and high school, that changed. Flashbacks flooded my mind and depression and anger set in. I remembered everything about being sexually abused at three years old. Church became an especially tough environment all this talk about love and forgiveness and a father's great love for his children. I could not see how a good God could work in what had been done for good and how could I forgive what had been done. I spent a lot of time with my youth leader and in counseling trying to work through all these feelings and memories and wrestling with my faith. The more I shared about my experience and feelings, the less the trauma had a hold on me. At around middle school, around the middle of high school, I was able to be around my oldest brother without as much bitterness and anger, and I felt like I had taken a step in forgiving him. But then senior year of high school, I started dating the man that would begin a huge change in my life. Dating set off a whole new list of triggers, and while we were far from perfect together and had our own struggles, he gave me hope that not all men are the same, and that he possessed this honest desire to grow and to be better in the midst of his own recovery journey. Once we got married, I was faced with even more triggers in our physical intimacy, which had me re-examine my heart of forgiveness towards my brother. The old anger and bitterness were back, and the hurt had its hold on me. That's when I walked into the doors of recovery in July of 2021.
I learned that hurt people hurt people. This doesn't excuse the things that were done to me, but it softened my heart as I looked at my own brother's trauma. I soon realized that God has given me power in my story. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I did not have to live as the victim. I did not have to give his actions power over my life. I could keep myself safe with the tools CR taught me. CR also led me to witness experiences of hope and healing and to gain an understanding of how my experience could be used for God's glory. Not long after starting CR, my physical intimacy with my husband improved and my depression did not have the hold on me as it once did. I began to set my boundaries with my brother and actually started to have anxiety-free interactions with him. I continued the forgiveness process once more. Holding on to hurt and anger wasn't hurting him. It was hurting me. And only by surrendering my brother to the Lord could I be able to live in the freedom and healing of Jesus. This past August, the Lord performed a miracle. My brother asked me to photograph his wedding. This alone had me practicing my tools of recovery. I watched the ceremony with a softened heart and an open mind. And what the Lord showed me was a changed man. It wasn't the boy who had hurt me standing before me. It was a broken man, changed and humbled. Pledging to love and protect his own wife and family. He admitted shortcomings and committed to maintaining sobriety in his own recovery. As the reception came to a close and only family remained, the Lord impressed it on my heart to talk to him. It was a moment that I would, was able to tell my brother that I was for him. I was for his family and I was praying for him and that I loved him. If you could see relief wash over a person like water, that is what I witnessed in my brother. Like a wave of weight had lifted off his spirit. I witnessed the beauty of forgiveness that day, and I hugged my brother that day free. Thank you for letting me share. evening. Uh, my name is Wade, and I'm a grateful believer who's in recovery for codependency, sexual addiction, and anger. Hey, hey. There's a famous line that says, oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. This is me. This is me at my best prior to, to recovery. 
The deception that I regularly practiced prior to coming to celebrate recovery was unforgiveness. I never understood the full healing that could happen between people that allow themselves to be vulnerable before God and another person. Scripture says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. James 5, 16, thank you, Lord. I grew up in a loving home, two parents I could trust and a sister, all of whom I knew loved me and cared for me, but between the ages Between the ages of five and seven, I would be raped repeatedly by a male and a female. I can do this. After the season of abuse ended, both people who were close at one time left my life over, for over 30 years. And with them leaving, I would forget about the abuse. But my acting out of anger and codependency and sexual fantasies would be birthed. I would act on these for many years, not knowing that they were addictions or my go-tos when I was hurting. Nine years ago, I walked into these rooms for the first time, desperately needing and wanting relief from my thought life, sexual addiction behaviors, and most repressed rage and boundless relationships full of codependencies. Had I gotten trouble on my job? Of course. Did I have strained relationships? Absolutely. Was I lonely and hurting? God, yes. But those weren't my issues. I needed to forgive. <laughs> Scripture says in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So who do I forgive? The question was a great question. I need to forgive my abusers. But how? They weren't a part of my life anymore. It was in the rooms open. Excuse me. It was in the rooms of open share groups, three-step studies, eight years of weekly therapy. Yes, I said weekly. And intense accountability with four guys I label as my four fingers that I would learn what true forgiveness looked like for me. At first coming here, forgiveness looked like just coming, sitting, and listening then slowly speaking and sharing my daily struggles. Next, forgiveness looked like me sharing my past events as I held on to a 
small toy treasure chest during the meetings to symbolize my secrets. A short time later, forgiveness looked like me being a facilitator for open share groups, serving on the camera team, reading 12 steps in biblical comparisons. And that was good for a brief time. But in my heart, there was more. I needed to face one of my abusers who recently came back into my life. And my intention was to tell them off. Give them the best part of Wade's mind, was my thought. Bless them real good. And if curse words came out, it was going to happen. But that was not God's intention at all. Scripture says in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. Leading up to this meeting, God would take me through a final year of intense, what I call fellowship. It was a heart introspection with the above group that I mentioned. And I'm happy to say That in August of 2021, I met with the main abuser, and it wasn't the person that I was trying to meet. The main abuser was me. I abused myself. And then I met with the man that hurt me. We apologized. We shared history. We prayed for each other. And by God's grace, we reconciled. Thank you for letting me share. Wade, thank you for your share. Audrey, thank you for your share. And Christine, thank you for your share. <laughs> Powerful night about forgiveness. Heavy night. Laying out the foundation. Last week we talked about it. Tonight we had some mini testimonies. And I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know who... Maybe you're still holding that resentment against. Maybe it's somebody new. Maybe it's somebody that at three years old did something to you. Maybe like Wade and, and even myself, we've got to forgive ourselves. We're stuck in our addiction. We keep relapsing. We keep relapsing. We keep relapsing. We keep relapsing. And until we come to a place where we can forgive ourselves, we're going to stay stuck in that cycle. And so I encourage you, I challenge you tonight to truly think about this question that's gonna be posted. Let's put that question up on the board. Survey says, <laughs> share about a time you forgave someone and how it affected your recovery. Share about a time. And maybe, maybe it's somebody that uh, 
you just thought of right now that you need to forgive. It's okay to share that tonight as well. It's okay to cry. One of the greatest things in recovery for me is to be able to sit there and let somebody cry. And I understand that we all wanted to go give Kleenexes. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have, but by the time we got out and got a Kleenex, they would have been done talking. So, <laughs> But thank you guys for being emotional in front of us so that we can learn how to have emotions. So let's stand, close our time with the serenity prayer. Let's mix up for all those times I took time away from your open share groups. So we're done a little early, but that's good. So let's say with the serenity prayer together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did 